drinking coffee is one of life's pleasures, a pleasure that cannot be duplicated by any other beverage. It's no secret that people of today love coffee. I probably have a cup of day. My father might even have five. Over 2.5 billion cups of coffee are consumed every day. That's over 400 billion cups a year. But where does this coffee addiction start? Let's go over a bit about the history of coffee, because it's a tale of intrigue, of mystical beings, of revolution, yet oppression, of capitalism and industrialization. It is a bean that has completely changed the history of humanity. So let's go back to the very beginning. We're starting in Ethiopia, sometime around the 6th and the 9th century. One day, a goat herder named Kaldi saw that his goats were eating these red berries, and then they were dancing. So he decided to try the red berries and felt the energizing effects of the beans. Kaldi brought the beans to some monks, but the monks weren't really impressed, so they ended up throwing the beans on the fire. Thing is, as the beans were being burnt, they let out this hypnotizing aroma, which we all know and love. The monks then took the leftover burnt beans, they crushed them and mixed them into water. Thus, coffee was born. Coffee moved through the markets to Yemen, where the Sufi mystics found that the drink could keep them awake for their long hours of prayer. And this is where we get Café Arabica, the most popular type of coffee. They named the drink Qua, which is probably also where we get the word coffee from. In the 15th century, coffee spread throughout the Islamic world. I mean, it is very addictive, so it spread like wildfire. It didn't take long before the cafe was born. And it's kind of perfect. Muslims couldn't exactly go to bars, so this gave Muslim men spaces where they could meet up with friends outside of work and talk about life, love, politics. Of course, that last one rulers weren't really too happy about. Any group of people getting together to talk about politics is very dangerous. It spills revolt, even revolution. So in Mecca and Constantinople, coffee was outlawed. Riots broke out and there was outrage. How dare people try to take away the right to drink coffee? So after many protests by the people, rulers relented and the bans were lifted. Not only did coffee incite revolts, but coffee was so important in the Islamic world that women could request divorce if her husband didn't give her enough coffee beans. Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable. That's pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. <laughs> so I don't know why I really think this is so funny, but it's something about coffee and divorce, or at the very least cheating, that was apparent in not only the ancient Islamic world during the 15th century, but it was also apparent in most coffee commercials during the 50s. But back to the story. Coffee arrived in Venice in 1570, and it was really popular. The church was skeptical about the drink because it came from the Islamic world, but the issue was brought to Pope Clement VIII, and the clergy thought that the Pope would quickly ban this drink, this devil's cup. But it turns out 
that the Pope was actually quite enamoured with coffee. He declared that it would be an outrage to let the infidels have exclusive use of it. So to try to convince his followers that it was safe to drink, he even baptised coffee. As coffee moved upwards to European markets, cafes started to pop up all over Europe. The cafes provided a nice change of pace because before cafes, social gatherings would be either held in church or in less religious places like bars and brothels, which aren't really the best places to have political discussions because people are usually drunk and armed. Cafes therefore provided a sober safe haven for intellectuals to meet up and debate. In England, cafes became known as penny universities, For a simple penny, you could get a coffee and hear the most intelligent people debate. Some say that British cafes is where we had the birth of capitalism. The Lloyds of London, the British East India Company, and the London Stock Exchange all started as cafes. In France, Café Procoupe attracted the likes of Rousseau, Diderot, Voltaire... Cafes provided safe spaces for the Enlightenment to grow. In 1789, Camille Desmoulins gave a speech in a cafe, and the crowd turned into a frenzy. Two days later, they stormed the Bastille, igniting the French Revolution. In the British colonies, coffee was seen as a patriotic drink, especially after the Boston Tea Party. Cafes ended up being known as the headquarters for the American Revolution, All over New York, the Founding Fathers were gathering in cafes and they would break out into patriotic songs about freedom. Wherever coffee was introduced, it spilled revolt or revolution. Coffee was an intellectual drink, and while coffee was spreading ideas of freedom, it was also being built off of oppression. By the 1780s, 60% of the world's coffee production was produced in Saint-Domingue. And the people harvesting the coffee were, well, enslaved Africans. By the 1920s, the leading coffee producer was Brazil, producing up to 80% of the world's coffee supply. Land was cleared for these coffee plantations, and people were imported to work on the plantations. So although coffee brought freedom, it was also built off of oppression. This didn't stop coffee from being popular. Of course, coffee made a lot of money. In Latin America, as countries started to declare independence, they searched for new goods to back their new economy. Coffee, well, café, was the answer. In Belize, Mexico, and Guatemala, the prime land, real estate for these plantations, were occupied by the remaining indigenous groups. So the new governments kicked the natives off the land and forced them to work the land. And so the Americas was essentially depopulated to have land to cultivate coffee. And Africa was depopulated in order to have people to cultivate coffee. This is the tragic story of how we have the mass production of coffee. And the mass production turned to mass consumption as coffee powered the Industrial Revolution. We Americans know what we like, and we really do like coffee. Did I say like? Well, we use more than three billion pounds of coffee every year. The availability of coffee made the drink stop being associated with just the upper class. A hot cup of joe was available to all factory workers, and it was important because it would keep them awake for their long shifts. Coffee also kept soldiers awake for their long sieges, 
Coffee fueled the First and Second World Wars. A U.S. Army official noted, Coffee is as important as beef and bread. It restores courage and strength. The U.S. soldiers were consuming 40 million cups of coffee a day. And a funny side note is that American soldiers were so used to diluted instant coffee that they were put off by the strong espresso coffee in Italy. So Italian cafes started putting water with their espresso, creating the Americano, something to suit the more gentler soldier's taste. However, espresso started to become really popular, and it became the primary way to drink coffee, fueling white-collar workers. Now we brew about 1.4 billion cups of coffee a day. Coffee is one of the foods that changed human history. This mystical, magical drink not only changed from a bean to water to instant to espresso to a latte and a cappuccino. It's gone from a devil's cup to a medicine. It's incited revolution and depression. It's created capitalism, industrialization, fueled wars. Coffee has done so much more than just wake you up for your day. I'm Valeria Cuervo. This is Traveling Incredible. If you like this podcast, give it a like. Subscribe. I guess you don't really subscribe. If you like this podcast, um, I don't really know what you do. Download it. Um, DM me. Let me know you liked it. Okay. Bye.